Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. All right. Good day, everyone. Welcome back. This is CJ, and we're here for another edition of Hanging with Harley. It's been a couple weeks now, and I can tell you the fans have been asking, when's, when's Harley coming back? And obviously, Harley had some great times uh, with his family, taking vacation. Uh, but Harley, welcome back. How are you, sir? Fine. I'm doing fine. I'm glad to be back. Vacation was a little too long. <laughs> Sometimes they, they can be. You know, B's wrapping out his second week of vacation I know I'll be excited when he gets back in the saddle, but uh, perfect timing for coming back, Harley. I mean, there's just, you know, so much going on right now. Um, I, you know, really, if you watch the media right now, everything is just completely in an absolute disarray right now. And uh, where, where would you like to begin, sir? Well, I think the most important thing is that people should take the media with a more than one grain of salt. Uh the last couple of days, the only thing that's been available for the Washington Post, New York Times, CNN, MSNBC, is almost orgiastic screams of joy of the over the Manafort conviction and the plea bargain agreement with uh, Michael Cohen. But if you look at them, it, it's much less than meets the eye. The Manafort case, look, I, I think that there are many people who have done what Manafort did, including, remember not that long ago, Timothy Geithner during his hearings uh, could have been given a 20-year sentence for his tax fraud. Uh, clearly, Manafort was targeted for one reason only, which was to get him to sing against Trump, and Manafort's not doing it. The case had nothing to do with anything on Russian meddling or Trump collusion. As for the attorney, as Trump personally said, uh, if anyone needs a good attorney, don't hire Michael Cohen. Uh, the, you know, the, the point here is that Cohen was largely uh, pled guilty to his own corruption with, related to his taxi business and, and taxes. And then these two very bizarre charges that the hush money that was paid allegedly to these two women to keep quiet about affairs with Trump, uh, that that was interpreted by the prosecution as campaign contributions. And I think we, we saw the former head of the Federal Election Commission say that's, that's not true, that doesn't in any way represent a campaign contribution. And Alan Dershowitz, probably one of the top civil liberties lawyers in the country, uh, confirmed the same decision, that it had nothing to do with campaign contributions. So what do we have? We have a nothing burger, burger wrapped in a, a nothing bun. You know, the, the reality is, and this is what people should be concerned about, uh, the fact that the media is jumping up and down, let them have their day. It, it's meaningless. There's still no collusion. There's still no meddling, and there won't be. 
But what's dangerous is while all of this is going on, we're seeing an escalation against Russia, an escalation against China that is going against Trump's own stated policies from people in his administration, from the Congress. You know, in just the last two days, Mnuchin announced new sanctions against Russia. Uh, there's a new sanctions bill that's being drafted by Lindsey Graham and, and a number of others in the Senate that they call the sanctions bill from hell. And you also have this bearing down on China, the people running around saying China's about to collapse, China's about to become more authoritarian and on and on. The fact is the Chinese have, are signing up in our own hemisphere more countries that want to be part of the Belt and Road Initiative. Just two days ago, the government of El Salvador, which is one of the countries that's providing this stream of refugees into the United States, they signed an agreement with the government of China for major infrastructure, which means they're joining with Panama and probably with Mexico to carry out a series of uh, infrastructure investments which will not only help on the immigration question, but also the cause of the immigration, the poverty in these countries. So while the American media, the US media is talking about China falling apart, the Chinese are continuing to bring more countries into the Belt and Road Initiative. Uh, next week, the 3rd and 4th of September, there'll be a major conference where virtually every single head of state in Africa will be in Beijing for a meeting on African infrastructure. And this is something that the United States could have been involved in, but so far we haven't been. The Europeans are fumbling this because Europe doesn't want to be connected to China. And so you have Russia and China. Also with Russia, CJ, I'm sure many of your, your listeners are following this. The Russians have been dumping treasuries and buying gold. There are moves toward more trade agreements in national currencies and moving out of the dollar. And there's every reason to be very concerned that the decision to continue to raise interest rates is going to cause a crisis. And in fact, Trump himself is, is sending out very strong open signals to the head of the Federal Reserve, don't keep doing this. So there are reasons to be concerned. There's a great deal of danger in the policies that are being implemented under the cover of supposed paralysis with Russiagate. And as long as Trump is still tied up having to deal with Mueller and with the corruption in the Justice Department and in the FBI, uh, he can't fully carry out his, his activities. And let me just add one other point here that has not been made available to the American uh, public. Trump did an interview with Reuters a couple days ago where they focused on his discussion of the witch hunt and Mueller, but he made a number of fascinating points that Reuters never covered. And the only way you would know this is if you got the transcript from the White House. Number one, he talked about the continuing development of relations with North Korea, the likelihood of a meeting with Kim at the UN General Assembly in, in late September, early October, the continuing efforts by Kim to respond to coming up with the timetable for denuclearization and also the integration of North Korea into China's Belt and Road Initiative with full support from the Trump administration. Two, that there's a planning group in Russia and the United States that are set to meet 
to plan out the next phase of the START and uh, INF treaties, the nuclear weapons treaties that Trump and Putin discussed in Helsinki, which of course we didn't hear much about, uh, but that they're moving ahead on this. And Trump said that even though he's still concerned with some of what Russia is doing, he also has a very good relationship with Putin. He said, we have good karma, we're working together, and we can solve a lot of these problems. And third, he said, look, in spite of the tension that's developing between the U.S. and China on trade, we're making progress, we're going to continue to have talks, and in the end, this will be good for both countries. So in spite of all the noise from Russiagate, Trump is continuing to move ahead with an agenda. And he's now announced that he'll do 40 town meetings between now and the midterm elections to rally his base around the fight for peace and for economic development. And so people should pay attention to that a lot more than the, the musings of uh, uh, Rachel Maddow or the insanity of Bezos' Washington Post. Yeah, I, I firmly believe, Harley, that Trump understands that the uh, the world is changing, you know, the multipolar world. But unfortunately, Harley, the old guard wants to continue uh, with the with their old ways, with their thinking that we can leverage the military, we can leverage uh, the dollar uh, to to continue uh, that that chaos. Now, I have to ask, and specifically in regards to like, you know. John Bolton, for example, who recently uh, visited his counterpart in Russia, and then also recent the recently breakdown trade talks with uh, China. Is it does Trump have the correct inner circle uh, to move us forward? No, not at all. He, he's surrounded by, as you point out, too many people who owe their careers to the old paradigm, the old uh, post Cold War order of American unilateralism, which is largely a British concoction of how to run an empire. Uh, the British no longer have the military power to do it, but they're more than happy to use the U.S. military power and the U.S. financial system to impose their will. Now, too many people come from think tanks and from academic positions and uh, positions in the Congress on stack, congressional staff and things of that sort, who owe their careers to people who are committed to the old paradigm, the military-industrial complex, the, the assortment of uh, consulting firms that, that are turning out new millionaires every day. Uh, this is where the problem is. And where Trump is best is where he goes with his instinct. And so, you know, having Bolton talk to his Russian counterpart is probably a good thing. They had a five-hour talk, and there were some agreements, some disagreements, but that's fine. You know, Bolton's not going on his own on these things. He's not flying solo. But the, you mentioned the China situation. Uh, I think Lighthizer's view of China is completely warped. Uh, it's shaped by not what he says. Lighthizer claims to be an American system economist uh, based on the tradition of Abraham Lincoln, Henry Clay, John Quincy Adams, but he's actually much more in the tradition of the British system. That is, he's saying we're against the free trade agreements that were signed by the Bush administration, the Clinton administration, the Obama administration, but he's pursuing policies that won't work because they're still based on monetary theories 
of the 20th, late 20th century. And these monetary theories essentially uh, ignore the fact that what made Lincoln a success when it came to economics, or John Quincy Adams, or, or Henry Clay, Henry C. Carey, and others, was they understood that you cannot have manufacturing development, industrial development, and improvement in productivity and living standards without a credit policy, which is not controlled by private banks. And this is one area where Trump is a little confused, and unfortunately, a lot of his supporters are also, because they think that because Andrew Jackson was against the Bank of the United States, that he was against the idea of a Federal Reserve type system. Andrew Jackson was a tool in the hands of, of the British to destroy the idea of a Hamiltonian credit system in the United States and make the United States dependent on private flows of capital. And when you have private flows of capital controlling policy, they're going to go for the quickest buck and they'll make money for the, the people who have the money, but they're not interested in longer term investments, which is what has to be done to develop infrastructure and manufacturing. So there are a number of things that where I'm sympathetic to the outlook of Lighthizer and, and, and even Trump on the China question. We do have to do something about the, the deficit with China. How do you deal with it? You do more trade, not punishment, not punitive tariffs. The Chinese have said repeatedly, join us in projects on the New Silk Road. Uh, Caterpillar Corporation, for example, is very actively involved in bidding on, on some of these contracts. There are many other companies that have no jobs in the United States because we're not investing in infrastructure who might be brought into projects in Africa or the Middle East or South Asia through the Chinese investment policy. So if Trump were to look to China and sit down again with Xi Jinping, which I think is absolutely crucial that he have a second meeting with Putin, that he have another meeting with Xi Jinping, uh, and that they discuss economic theory. Trump knows that the, the current financial system doesn't work. He knows that a, a Federal Reserve, a, a private central bank controlling credit, doesn't allow for investment in, in the real economy. He knows that. Uh, he's got to understand, though, that there is something about the American system of a government-run credit policy, which simply means the government isn't deciding who gets the credit. The government creates the credit, but it's a private banking system, which through the Congress determines where the credit goes. In other words, if you direct credit to physical production, then you develop the means to retire the debt through increased productivity in improvements in infrastructure and so on. If you leave it in the hands of, of private individuals, they're gonna invest in building toll roads. Uh, or the perfect example, CJ, this bridge that collapsed in Italy. Uh, yeah. The bridge was owned by a private company that took over about a third of the autostrada, the, the highway system in Italy, that's controlled by the Benetton family, the United Colors of Benetton. And last, uh, January, they were ordered to come up with a plan to fix that bridge because it's an old concrete bridge. It doesn't have steel reinforcement. And they were told they should get it done by the spring, start the construction no later than early spring. Now, they decided that this would cut into the profits they make during the tourist season, season which is the, 
the early to mid to late summer. So they postponed until November the plans to reinforce the bridge with steel rebars. What happened? The bridge collapsed. Forty-something people died. Wow. Uh, uh, it's a catastrophe because it's, it's going to end up losing tens of thousands of jobs dependent on the transportation system in Italy, which is now crippled from that. It's an example of what happens when you leave it to private sector uh, swindlers who are out to increase their profits and have no conception of the public good. So I think if Trump looks at this, if he studies it, if he understands that he's right in his campaign to call for infrastructure investment, to call for uh, Glass-Steagall banking uh, regulation, all these things are right. He's got to fight for them, which means he's got to fight his enemies in the Democratic Party and in the Republican Party. How does he do it? Go to the people. The people supported his vision in the election. There's still a rebellion against these establishment elites. And I think the if, if we learned anything on August 21st, it's that Mueller is not going to wait. The, the enemies of Trump are on the move. And so Trump has to have a sense of urgency. He's got to get his supporters, his base, including a lot of people who are your listeners, to learn very quickly the lessons of what happens if you sit around waiting to see what Mueller's going to do. That's that's a great point, and this all seemed to escalate, Harley. There's no doubt in my mind when I take a look at the past two days with these uh, people that were apparently given granted immunity, David uh, uh, Pecker from the, the CEO of National Enquirer, yeah. Uh, Trump's chief financial officer, that these were orchestrated timing, and they seem to escalate uh, the moment that Trump revoked uh, John Brennan's security clearance. And I think that, that that's when they truly panicked and were like, hey, we, we've got to do something. We've got to do something quickly because Trump means business. But unfortunately, with all these uh, distractions here, it's difficult. You know, at, at one point, Trump was, you know, nearly fighting with one hand tied, tied behind his back. And now with all these distractions, you have to ask who is there to support uh, President Donald Trump? You know, we know Rand Paul's a, a staunch advocate of, of Donald Trump and, and his efforts. But I have to ask, Carly, what what is it with attorney Jeff, Jeff Sessions? Is that uh, is that 3D chess that's going on? Or is, is there's something happening in the background that we just don't know about? I need to understand that that relationship, Harley. It's just difficult to decipher. I think it's the institutional corruption of the Justice Department and that Session was captured by it. Uh, Trump is right about that. Sessions never took over the institution. By recusing himself early on, he put the power in the hands of Rod Rosenstein, who's one of these co-conspirators with Comey and Brennan and Clapper. And you know, the fact that he brought in Mueller, who, if anything, Mueller is one of the more conflicted characters. I mean, you talk, you can talk about Brennan all you want. Brennan is a, a complete, and I use this term advisedly, a complete scumbag, someone who should be in prison, uh, someone who is a completely immoral figure. But Mueller is totally convicted as well, or, or conflicted, I should say, as well, should be convicted. So when Rosenstein brought in Mueller, the handwriting was on the wall. It was just a matter of time before they pulled their ducks in a row and started uh, heading directly for the lead duck of Trump. Now, I think Trump's known that for a while. And in a sense, they've conducted a fairly effective guerrilla warfare in the Justice Department 
you've had three or four top people fired. Uh, you have people like uh, Bruce Orr, who in a couple days will get his time in front of the, the uh, House. And the Orr case is really crucial. He's the number four guy at the Justice Department. His wife was on the payroll of Fusion GPS, which was the company that got the money from Hillary to produce the Christopher Steele dossier. Uh, so she certainly knew what he was doing. He knew what she was doing. And Orr was the conduit for continuing Christopher Steele's uh, covert operations against Trump in the Justice Department and in the State Department. So here you have another one of these figures who was working against what the president was trying to do. So it, it'd be, it'll be good. Unfortunately, the hearings will be uh, closed, but I'm sure we'll, we'll get some leaks on that and figure out what's going on with Orr. But I think the thing with Sessions is that I think he's in over his head, and I think he became dependent on the, the institutional networks that have been there going back to Bush Jr. to Obama. Same thing with the State Department. Uh, you know, now you have this guy, um, uh, Wes Mitchell, who took Victoria Nuland's spot as the Assistant Secretary of State for uh, Eurasia and, and Eastern Europe. And he told the Congress two days ago that they need a new position uh, to oversee Russian malignant activities and trends. And so they're appointing someone in the State Department whose job is to keep track of Russia's malignancy and to coordinate counteractions with who? With the United Kingdom. So we see these stay-behind networks. I mean, this is the swamp. And the problem is that the people who wanted Trump to do something didn't have the credentials to be brought in. The people who were brought in included a lot of the same, same old networks. And then you have the fifth column in the Republican Party run by the Koch brothers, who are in many ways uh, were part of the original Never Trump group, the tied to the Bush neocon networks. And they're the ones who are sabotaging what Trump is trying to do on the economy. So he's got a clean house very quickly. But rather than spend all his time with a broom and a hatchet, I think he's got to take these, these next 74 days till the midterm elections, go out and rally his base and say to them, make sure we're going to stay in office. Don't let this blue wave take place. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to continue the discussion with Russia, with China, with North Korea. We're going to go after the Wall Street banks. If we have to do it after the election, we'll do it then but we're not going to allow them to dictate the policy anymore. You voted for me in 2016 to change this, and I need your support now. And if he gives that kind of clear message, I think it will stem the, the so-called blue wave. And then we're going to see an interesting situation because the Democrats have nothing going toward 2020 except anti-Trump, and, and they're really hoping they can use this pileup of convictions and so on to win in November 2018 and then impeach Trump sometime in 2019 and get him out of office. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if, if you heard news today, but apparently uh, John McCain is, is refusing 
medical treatment uh, moving forward. And you can only wonder about his last few days uh, with this in terms of, of what he may be asked for and what he might be trying to push. I just question the timing of him coming out with this information today with all this going on, Harley. I, I think he's just trying to get the last ounce of sympathy from the, the people who have supported him. The word is that his wife is going to take his place, and I, I don't think she's much different from him. And, and the only reason, again, that I go there is just because his final comments in the Senate in regards to, you know, he was just as much as an obstructionist as the uh, the Democrats. Uh, so moving forward, and then there's been a lot of discussion in regards to Trump and the discussion of the, the trade wars, you know, him pointing his finger at the Federal Reserve, uh, stating these things. There's been some talk potentially of, of him using executive rights to perhaps maybe consolidate the Federal Reserve into uh, the executive branch. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that, Harley? Shut down the Federal Reserve. It's It's been unconstitutional for over a century now, and it, it's Policies after 2008 proved why that we don't need a, a, a privately controlled central bank. The uh, if you look at the what China is doing, and I know some of your listeners are skeptical about China because the only source they get is from anti-Chinese uh, financial uh, newsletters and so on. Some of them get better intelligence than that, but what China has done is to create a credit system where the, they're draining credit away from the speculators. Uh, they, they made a mistake about eight years ago when they decided to try and expand their consumer economy by making credit more loosely available and, in a sense, opening a little bit to a Western-style banking system. And they immediately saw a very bad credit bubble. And the Chinese have been puncturing that bubble step by step and instead putting credit into physical production. Now, it doesn't always work. Sometimes the, there are losing proposals that, that get accepted. But on the whole, they've raised 800 million people out of poverty. There are more children living in poverty right now in prosperous Germany than there are in China, where the population is many times larger. So we're seeing a shift occurring, and, and the Chinese are now trying to work with India. The, the Japanese just said they want to be a part of this. So what Mrs. LaRouche has proposed, and we're circulating a petition calling for support for President Trump to work together with Russia, China, and India to support a new Bretton Woods that is a fixed exchange rate financial system that takes the power away from the speculators and the private bankers and uses the power of government to rein in the speculation, not to control the economy, but to make sure that credit gets to people who actually want to use it for something productive. And so people can go to the LaRouchePact.com website to uh, read up on this, the idea of a new Bretton Woods. This is something Mr. LaRouche has been calling for for years. Uh, it incorporates infrastructure investment, banking re-regulation like Glass-Steagall. Uh, and, you know, Trump has talked favorably about some of these ideas. I, I think that's the reason you see such hysteria against him. Now, the other thing, when you ask who's supporting Trump, I think Trump would have support, not just from people like Putin and Xi Jinping, but a whole section of, of 
emerging governments in, in the developing sector, including Modi in India, as well as new political parties like the party that's governing in Italy right now. The, the Prime Minister Conte is a great fan of Trump. Uh, the new chancellor in Austria, Sebastian Kurz, uh, patterns himself in some way uh, on Trump against the European Union and against NATO. Uh, we saw this really delightful event the other day. I'm sure you saw it, CJ, of uh, Russian President Putin showing up at the wedding of the foreign minister Kniesel of uh, Austria. And the media went crazy saying, why is Putin coming to this wedding? Well, because the Austrians are looking to Russia and China for the future. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> so so I, I think... There are people who will support this. In France, you have a, a movement against the, the Macron European Union dictatorship. In the United Kingdom, they're still afraid to knock May out because they're not sure what's there. But the people of the United Kingdom have been poorly served by their government, just as they were poorly served by their membership in the European Union. So there's a continuing insurgency around the world. And the problem in the United States is the media is so tightly controlled. Even the pro-Trump media, like Fox, uh, puts the same lies out about Putin and Russia. So I think we've got to have people in America smart enough to look outside the controlled opposition media and the, the uh, Washington Post, the so-called mainstream media, to discover that there's a shift in the world that's dramatic, that's already here. And that would offer to the United States an opportunity to break with the straitjacket of the post-1971, uh, post-Bretton Woods system. that was designed for, of, and by the speculators. If we could get Americans to recognize that and see that this is something that Trump, for the most part, is a supporter of, breaking with his old system. And that's why they're so hysterical to get rid of him. So, you know, people can go to my website, larouchepack.com. I just wrote an article on the implications of the legal cases this week. If people are interested in that, just send me an email and I'll, I'll send you the link to my blog and, and uh, the way that you can sign up for my blog. Uh, that uh, email address is harleysch at gmail.com. Uh, harleysch at gmail.com. Harley, H-A-R-L-E-Y. Uh, and I, I do get a lot of very interesting emails from the Rogue Money listeners uh, who you know, are willing to challenge me if they don't agree or ask me why I think certain things. And uh, I think I have a, a good ongoing dialogue with your listeners. So absolutely. Think, absolutely. I think that's what we need. Yeah, we, we need do. Discussion. Yeah, there's definitely an attempt to you know control the narrative. And we witnessed that you know, while you were on vacation Uh like or dislike in regards to you know Alex Jones and what he states, but there's definitely attempts. In fact, Harley, I was going to send you a screenshot. Uh, the moment that I set up our our uh, live stream uh, for today, uh, your name must be in the YouTube algos because it instantly demonetized the show even before we had any content there. Just the name really? of it. Yeah, yeah. just. A, but I'll I'll email you that so that you have it. So there's definitely an attempt uh, to control the narrative as as we head into these midterm elections. Yeah. No, there definitely is, and it's this is this is dictatorship. I mean, the people, the very people, who are pulling their hair out and screaming about fake news and Russian bots and censorship and Trump's an authoritarian, 
They're the ones who are applying authoritarian tactics to try to force Americans to accept that there's no alternative to the current system. And this, you know, the New York Times scribbler Thomas Friedman coined the phrase, Tina, there is no alternative when he started writing about the global free trade system. They believe that. And it's not just that they believe it because they're, they're stupid. It's that they've made fortunes and careers by promoting that insanity. And if you go outside of that, you're called a cultist or a, uh, a, a denier, you know, trying to equate disagreeing with uh, monetary policy with uh, denying the Holocaust. So, you know, we're, we're dealing with a, a very insidious effort at controlling the narrative. And, you know, I salute you at Rogue Money for your courage to continue to put out the quality of work that you do. And uh, as long as you do, you can count on me as someone who will be more than happy to uh, engage in the discussion with you. Absolutely. And, and we're going to have to do a better job on our part of uh, getting more information out, sharing uh, more of the work that uh, you do at the Schiller Institute, LaRouche Pack. Uh, so for our listeners, make sure you go to LaRouchePack.com. Uh, also go to theschillerinstitute.com and check it out. There is webcast on there in regards to the new Britain Woods, uh, the call for the new Britain Woods system and based on LaRouche's uh, four laws. So yeah, uh, visit every, the website. Yeah, go ahead. Every week, CJ, I do a, an interview with Helga Zepp LaRouche, which is uh, we, we had to change the name of the website because it was a little awkward. So it's now just called Schiller Institute, S-C-H-I-L-L-E-R Institute. And sometime in the afternoon, every Thursday, we post a about a half hour interview I do with Mrs. LaRouche, who is quite a brilliant thinker in her own right. Absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're very thankful uh, for, for our, our relationship. So, Harley, any, anything else you'd like to add? Uh, any, any other closing thoughts? Yeah, don't allow yourself to be bamboozled into thinking all is lost. There's, there's still a very great opportunity and a big challenge for those people who look to November 2016 as a possibility of a turning point in history. That turning point has actually advanced since that time in spite of all the money and efforts of the globalists and the uh, uh, so-called financial elite to blot out the opposition. So don't give up, become more informed and more active. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, Harley, thank you so much for a great interview. For our listeners or fans, please make sure uh, to like, share. Uh, again, that, just reiterate that, please share. It's important that we get this information out. Uh, we do our part to uh, continue building the dialogue in regards to uh, the changes. And, and Harley, I really appreciate your positive message. Uh, sometimes that's very difficult, but I think it's important uh, to be said is that, you know, to stay positive through this. So thank you. Sure. Well, there's no other alternative, really. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. What other planet can we go to? <laughs> very true. All right. This is CJ and Harley. Uh, everyone have a great weekend and take care. Thank you so much, Harley. Yeah. Talk Bye. to you next week.